I used to love that movie. Please don't remake this. I have such fond memories of that film. Please don't remake this. Hey, Hollywood, if you want to be smart, just hire some writers to make some new art. And after our heart to heart, go make a new start. Please, God, please, God. Don't ruin my childhood. Please don't remake this. Please don't remake this. Now we're going to move into, I have some notes, but also quick curveball. Did you have a crush on any of these characters when you were a kid? Um, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, I think, I, I mean, I definitely had a crush on Wesley, like, as a child, for sure. I mean, his little ponytail, his little swoopy hair, his low cut (laughs) V-neck. I mean, what's there not to love? There's just... He's such a, he's such like a 80s heartthrob vibes. Oh yeah. Um I think current me has a crush on Robin Wright though. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Like I had the biggest crush on Wesley when I was a kid uh-huh. and now it's a tie between him, Robin Wright, who I just like literally one of my one of my notes in this movie is her eyes just made my heart stop. Like oh, they're so beautiful. So beautiful. Like it's him, Robin Wright and um and Mandy Patinkin as Inigo. Mm. Inigo, mm-hmm. I'm just like, Inigo is like, wow. Like, I could be around <laughs> that sense of humor forever. Yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah. His hair, not quite it. No, I love his hair. Oh, my God. That's really? one of my notes is his hair is glorious. The curls. Like on top. <laughs> I just love the curls and, like, how healthy it looks. Like, he's giving, he's giving Buttercup a run for her money. I actually love his hair. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? I agree. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm personally a fan of Wesley's little ponytail, Mm. mostly because now I have short blonde hair. So once I grow my hair out a little bit more, I am going to do a Wesley ponytail. Oh my God. I, I'm okay with, uh, well, this is just my stupid opinion. uh, Girls can do whatever the fuck they want with their hair, but boys wearing ponytails, man, mm, not my thing. Just not. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Like, if you have, like, extra long locks, like, yeah, do what you got to do. But when guys have that short, tiny little ponytail in back, a la Wesley, (laughs) I'm just like, oh, fuck off with that bullshit. Like, (laughs) I can hate that. Goddamn. I can see that. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, now we move into I have some notes category. Mm -hmm. Uh, do we want to go back and forth? Do we want to do one person and then the next? Um, whatever you think is best, honestly. Um... I think let's go with, I'm going to read off my notes and then Mm -hmm. we'll move on to you. And then like, let's spicy hot takes. We'll go back and forth again. Okay. That sounds good. Sweet. Okay. Uh, I don't actually have, I think that many, like I have some notes for this movie because I had so many quotes written. So (laughs) for those of you who are curious to know, I wrote 14 pages of notes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Which is my second longest. High School Musical is still the supreme uh, winner at 15 pages. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. She deserves that. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, so my first note is, the kid's room is decorated within an inch of its life. <laughs> like, no little kid has that yeah. much memorabilia and shit on their walls and on their shelves. Like, mm-hmm. like clearly a spoiled child. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of already mentioned this. I wish I'd had a grandpa like this guy. Like that was yeah. Oh my yeah. god, beautiful. I also I just wrote he's wearing a hat. I love this man. Like his little <laughs> his little fedora and his yeah. tie. He's like get, he got dressed up to see his grandson. I can't. <laughs> um, the best book elevator pitch ever. Uh, I wrote about Agreed. I wrote about Buttercup in the very beginning when she's like Fawnboyne, blah 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 blah. I was like even as a bitch, she's adorable. Just, <laughs> she's such a little shit and she's so cute she's um, so beautiful without makeup also yes oh, oh my god oh my god uh i and then literally one of my next notes was uck the eye contact i'm already in love with both of them <laughs> like just they had such great chemistry mm-hmm. um this is one of my questions i i want your opinion on why okay. yes she lost wesley mm-hmm. tragic why does she agree to marry the prince so I can actually answer that because they explain that in the book. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's pretty much just because Humperdinck's a dick and says, if you don't marry me, I'll kill you. Like, it's kind of like... That's what I figured. Yeah. It's kind of he just, like, holds his power over her. Um, because in the book, in the book, she has a family. She has, like, a mom and a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has more that's, like, tying her, you know than just Wesley. Like, yeah. there's more tying her down than just Wesley. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of it is just, like, intimidation, to be honest, which they never really talk about in the movie, and I'm not really they, sure why. They hint at it. Like, I wrote at one point, like, so she's forced to marry him? Because he... Mm-hmm. There's an insinuation, I think, when he first introduces her, that he had, like, the pick of any bride, mm-hmm. and he picked her. Yeah, because in the in the book he goes on this like journey to like find the perfect bride i'm pretty sure i haven't read this book in a while so don't slaughter me uh (laughs) listeners if i get something wrong Um, (laughs) you're fine (laughs) um but i'm pretty sure he like goes on this like journey to like find like the perfect bride uh because his dad is failing his like health is failing Mm. and he sees buttercup like out riding on her horse because that's a big thing she's like a horse girl in the book um and he sees her and is like, I love her. But the ki- the king is like, you can't marry her because she's a commoner. So he's like, fine. And then makes her <laughs> the princess of a random made up land. That, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, now I'm going to marry her. And uh, Buttercup doesn't really have a say in the matter. She's kind of coerced into doing it. So. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So it's not, it's not like really you know there's she didn't have a lot of choice in it i don't think um which i wish they had talked about more in the movie but yeah yeah they kind of they hint at it but it's not really clear um especially because he wesley doesn't know why she agreed and Mm -hmm. then she never defends herself by saying i had no choice like yeah exactly i'm like girl speak up for yourself yeah exactly um dread private roberts is a really great name like i understand the idea of them keeping that name great name Mm -hmm. Um, this is just, like, a little, like, kind of nitpick. They knew about pressure points in the 1600s? Because <laughs> that's what he does oh, to her, yeah. to, like, get her off the horse? It's just yeah. like, what? I um, never understood that scene. I was like, did she faint? Yeah. <laughs> is she okay? <laughs> it's so weird. I'm just like, what? Um, and I'm assuming 1600s. I don't even know. I bet it's probably older than that, but it's hard to tell. Um, there's speculation that it's set in the 1700s because... Vizzini makes a comment about Australia being full of criminals. Mm-hmm. So we know that 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 period of history has happened. Um, oh, I see, I see. Australia, you know, they like dumped all the criminals yeah. <laughs> in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. And that's how Australia became uh, a continent. Um, 
So that's so fucked up. I know. Like, Jesus Christ. So uh, when I was reading, like, fun facts about it, a lot of people were like, we know it's at least after 17, I don't know. It might have been 1778, I think. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm not sure don't quote me on that yeah that yeah it, it definitely like is a very loose timeline because yeah time period because it's it's all kind of all over the place which i love but still <laughs> um i we've already kind of talked about this i love the costumes in the movie mm-hmm. um the red dress the red oh, that's the one that always gets me yeah uh the eels are genuinely terrifying <laughs> very scary yes. to me yeah uh, peter fox hair looks painted in this movie <laughs> Like, it just looks spray-painted. It is, like, so... Oh, that's really accurate. Yeah. It's just, like, what did they do to his hair? Did they dye it? Like, I don't understand why it looks fake. Uh-huh. Um, I love the voiceover that he does with Wallace Shawn when he's like, those are the shrieking eels, when it, mm-hmm. like, cut like, in his voice. It, I just think it's a nice touch to remember, like, he's reading a storybook, you know? Because mm-hmm. you get so attached to the, the other story, it's, like, hard... I honestly forget that every time I watch this movie, that it's just a book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, no, Wesley and Buttercup were totally real. There was they a girl exist, named Buttercup once. Um, I love how cheesy the filming is. Like, specifically the Cliffs of Insanity. I just adore it mm-hmm, because I'm just mm-hmm. like, fuck it. Who cares? You know? Um. Oh, I forgot to look that up. I wrote one of my notes. I wrote like, LOL, what is the score? And I wanted <laughs> to read an article about like, so the, the music was written by uh, Mark Knopfler. Knopfler. Mm-hmm. And I want to read an article about, like, what the inspiration was for the sound, because it's just, like, so specific. Oh, okay. And I'm curious to know just, like, why they chose, like, those instruments, those arrangements. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to, I, I totally forgot to do that research. I need to look that up, because I'm fascinated. Yeah, that's the man who wrote Storybook Story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the no. Grammy Award-winning song. <laughs> um, I, I wrote, wait, how did they set up that rope? At the Cliffs of Insanity. I think that every single time I watched this movie. Yeah. I was just like, Who did uh... that? Who are they working with? <laughs> yeah. I was like, do they, is there a way to get down from the cliffs? Or is it like, like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, Who knows? The, uh, we've already talked about this. The whole scene between Inigo and the man in black when they fight is uh-huh. priceless. Amazing. Um, this is a callback to the Adams Family episode, but bring back fencing. I love fencing <laughs> in movies. It's so much fun. Um, I wrote, the father story is tragic as fuck. Because, like, wow. Uh-huh. Um, which now, thinking Ouch. about maybe even the kid not having his father either, I'm like, oh, my Ooh, God. yeah. Like, did William Goldman not, like, was his father not in the picture when he was a kid, too? <laughs> like, where is this all coming from? I don't know. Um, Get that man some therapy. Seriously. And okay, then... He's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, God bless you, William Goldman. He only died, like, a couple of years ago, right? He did. Yeah, it was really recent. It was, like, 2018, I think. Yeah. Oh, God. God bless William Goldman. Um, I also wrote down, I wrote as a joke, like, Academy Award for Stunt Doubles. But then I was like, wait, are there Stunt Double Awards? And there are. It's called the Taurus World Stunt Awards. Ooh. So they have their own award own award As they ceremony. deserve. As I mean, they rightfully deserve. Are, I mean, the secret artists of the film scene. Yeah, exactly. Which they also, I, I question whether it's progressive or, uh, like, kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um... Or kind of condescending, but, like, they have a special award just for, like, fe- like just for women stunt doubles. Mm. Just for, like, female stunt doubles. Which mm. I was like, okay. Is the word superior? Huh? Oh. <laughs> Is the word superior? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Me neither. Um, 
I love the balance of the challenges in this movie. You know, the steel, mm-hmm. the brawn, and the brain. I just think is great. Mm, yeah. Great structure. Um, of course, I had to double check that Iocane powder is fake, which it is. <laughs> um, I wrote, wait, why did Vassini set out a whole lunch? Like, I, yeah, he's so civilized. Yeah, I'm like, there's like cheese, there's brie mm-hmm. there, there's some gala apples. Like, why there's is a like a whole like picnic table, like a, a picnic blanket? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, picnic blanket. And I couldn't tell. I was like, is he planning this because he knows the man in black is coming, or is he doing that in case Fezic and Inigo show up and they're all gonna have lunch because they're hungry? Like, it's not really <laughs> clear why he set all that up, and I find it very funny. Um, also, Vicini's logic that he uses about, like, which cup to drink from reminds me of, uh-huh. like, psychoanalyzing text messages from people. <laughs> when you're just like, but this emoji means this, or like, uh-huh. this, they used a period, they're mad at me. Like, <laughs> just kind of gave me those vibes. Uh, the voiceover session for when they're falling down the hill, when Carrie oh Ellis God, yeah. and Robin Wright probably <laughs> so had to record bad. that, must yeah. have been hysterical to record. <laughs> just going, oof, oof. Like over and over and over again for for like mm-hmm. ten minutes. I'm just like God bless them. For- also, God bless those stunt doubles. Yes, <laughs> I wrote that. I was like, those down a hill. Poor stunt doubles. They deserved a Taurus Award. Like that is <laughs> that's a lot. Um, there are so many great sets in this movie, but I specifically love the fire swamp and the pit of despair. Oh, agreed. I think are so gorgeous. Like set mm-hmm. the tone so well. Um. I also just, I always wanted to be Buttercup. Duh. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so good. Who wouldn't? Exactly. Um, also, Wesley is so sexy in the fire scenes and the fire swamp scenes. <laughs> when he picks her up, like, like yes. just like, so effortless her to the side. Oh, so effortless. And the way he rescues her from the, from the sand. Mm-hmm. And oh, the dive. Yes, the dive, which he oh. suggested. That's in yes, his, yeah, that's, I that's in the, about that. Yeah, that's in the book. For those of you who don't know that, he talks about it in the book. He suggested, so there was a trap door underneath that they would have to dive through. And originally he was supposed to go in feet first, but he suggested that he was like, that's not brave enough for Wesley. Like, he'd be braver than that. He would go in head first to grab her and pull her up. And they didn't want to do that because they were worried if he dove that he would hit, if the platform didn't open at the right time, the trap door, he would crush his skull and, like, <laughs> potentially kill himself. And they were really scared to do it. And they went ahead and did it because he suggested it. And it worked out. And is one of my favorite moments in the movie. It was a great decision. First take, too. That was his first take. And yeah. he nailed it. Fucking nailed it. So good for him. Like, that, he should be really proud. Um, <laughs> I love the R-O-U-S's and I find them scary because I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> um, They have such great chemistry in this movie. I just, I wrote that, like, five million times. But they just <laughs> have great. talking about the R-O-U-S's. <laughs> Wesley and the R.O.U.S.s have great chemistry. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a really spicy hot take. <laughs> and we're only on I Have Some Notes. We haven't even gotten no. to spicy hot takes. This episode is going to be three and a half hours long. <laughs> but yeah, I love uh, I, his chemistry with with uh, with Buttercup is amazing. And I write mm-hmm. that like a million times. Yeah, I write um, that a few times too. Yeah. I love, so I love her character a lot in this movie. But I am so done with like, you know, the moment where she, like, can barely fight off the R.O.U.S. in front of her? Uh-huh. And she's, like, asking oh, for yeah. his help again. I was like, I'm done with girls being helpless slash hopeless. Like, that mm-hmm. that part still annoys me every time I get to it. Because I'm like, yeah. really? She still, she, like, can't fucking fight off. Like, what the fuck, girl? Like, Well, especially because she has so many moments of, like, quiet bravery 
earlier in the film. Yeah, exactly. That I'm like, you can't, you're just going to stare at him while he gets gnawed on by a giant rat. Yeah. You're not going to do anything. Yeah. Or at least get out of harm's way. At least uh-huh. get out of the ring, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, come on, girl. Yeah, that's one of the parts that bothers me. Um, I also, I just wrote, so the scene where she suggests that, like, will you promise not to hurt him if she goes back with the prince? Mm-hmm. And I just wrote, Wesley, just let her do all of that. Like, just let her, like, barter for his life and didn't interrupt her, didn't uh-huh. be like, no, 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 babe, I got this. Like, did nothing. Uh-huh. Just, like, let her leave. And I was really confused because I was like, why did he let her do that? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I mean, yeah, yeah. To me, it, it always, like, rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, I feel like he would have done something. Um, What else? Uh, da, da, da. Okay, I wrote, can we talk about how deadpan the Count is and how it's one of the most <laughs> underrated comedic performances ever? Like, that. <laughs> I wrote that with three question marks. I just have to shout out Christopher Guest kills it in this movie. And I love how much you loved The Count. Yes, I it's really so do. It's so unexpected to me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love his, his, uh, I, I guess because, like, I do like villains when they're, like, when they're really that truly evil, when they mm-hmm. really lean into it. And I like that his is so understated. Mm-hmm. His, his venom is so specific. And, yeah, I, I appreciate him. Uh, I love when the kid interrupts the story over the fake marriage. When he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's not it. <laughs> Just gets mm-hmm. so worked up. I also love, Chris Sarandon's voice in this movie is hilarious as Prince Hupperdink. How he's oh, just so yes. regal and so royal and yes. please consider me as an alternative to suicide. The way he says everything, it's just like, he's so proper. Very stiff. Yes, very stiff. And I find it hilarious because I'm yeah. like, he sounds like a pompous prince with a stick up his ass and it's great. <laughs> um, uh, What else? Ba, 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 ba. The, the chair arm gag gets me every time where that soldier runs in and he puts his arm, the his elbow on it. Oh my gosh. And the gosh, prince looks at him, yes. he removes it and then the prince puts his arm there. Yes. gets me every time that's like <laughs> that is the epitome of his character is that mm-hmm. moment and i fucking love it such a good yeah. detail something that like wouldn't necessarily need to be in the movie didn't need to be there but i i'm so happy it i is. appreciate that they put it in exactly um this is a question what does what does buttercup do in the castle all day like walk around sadly (laughs) clearly she has no responsibilities she has like nowhere to go she's probably watched most of the time like what Mm -hmm. what does she do all day well yeah it's interesting because like i feel like i feel like buttercup doesn't really have many interests in the movie no she like main interest is wesley (laughs) that's wesley and riding horses like that's it riding horses which i'm like you can only do both of those things for a certain period of time yeah, which I can't remember much from the book, but I'm pretty sure riding horses was, like, her main interest, so I don't know if the book was much different in regards to that. Yeah. Huh. Um, this is fun fact that I looked up. So when I was watching it, I had my subtitles on, and it got to the scene where, you know, the, the one of the brute squad comes up and he's like, ho there, to Inigo. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, like, pipe down, keep your ho there. And it was a... Sp- it was a Spanish word that they included. And, oh. I, and I was like, wait, I didn't know that. I thought he was saying ho there. And it was just like his accent. I look it up. Ho there is uh, like sp- sp- uh, Spanish slang for fuck. Oh. Yeah. Wait, that's really interesting. Yeah. And so now I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to start slipping in ho there into my conversation. <laughs> 
That's really smart, honestly. I love a I love a good play on words. Me too. I was like, that's genius. Like, what did William Goldman write that? Like, how did he know that? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, it was amazing. He took Spanish in eighth grade. Yeah, also for a PG movie to have a Spanish fuck translation is like having mm-hmm. like Merit in a kid's movie. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I wrote, wait, how does Fezzik know about the Count? Like when they're when they're doing the dialogue and explaining that Fezzik told tells him about uh, Ficini being killed and about the Count having the six fi- being the six fingered man. I was like, wait, how does Fezzik know that? He hasn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those plot holes in the movie. I was just like, yeah. oops, <laughs> they just like breeze over that one. <laughs> I mean, um, it's the same way Fezzik also miraculously had that cloak in his, yes. in his shirt, tucked yeah. away in his shirt. <laughs> yeah. My only explanation can be that maybe when Fezzik was hired for the Brute Squad, he met the Count. Mm-hmm. If, like, the Count being, like, the prince's right-hand I mean, man might have showed up and he saw the six yeah. fingers and was just like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Ah, that's him. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I love the water barrels gag of mm-hmm. him just, like, being dunked into the water barrels and, that's enough! That's enough! <laughs> gets me every time um what else oh i love inigo's face when he accidentally falls on the tree knot and oh yeah the door opens and i love his Mm -hmm. little just like looking around the corner just like hmm (laughs) it just gets me every time and i love it uh i love the kid convincing his grandpa to stay and finish reading and he's like oh it's so sweet i'm okay i'm okay sit down and it's so cute and his little like arm <laughs> movement too and the grandpa's just mm-hmm. like okay just sits down it's so good um <laughs> i the it is really impressive makeup for me for billy crystal and carol kane <laughs> yes i find it so impressive okay i have this written down as one of my notes but i fully didn't know billy crystal wasn't old <laughs> until like <laughs> recently <laughs> wait really i thought he was an old man oh my god <laughs> Because I, of this movie. That's hilarious. I didn't even know who it was for a few years until I finally watched When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. And then I learned, like, of the Billy Crystal. And I was like, yeah. wait, what? Uh, yeah, crazy. So Because I haven't really seen him in anything else. The only... I've seen Carol Kane and stuff, but, like, the stuff I've seen her in is, like, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And she's a little bit older in that. Yeah. So I was like... I don't know. I didn't do the math in my head. <laughs> I just automatically assumed they were both old. <laughs> You're all good. Like I said, the makeup department was fantastic. I also have, um, uh, you know, Miracle, uh, Miracle Max is so bitter about the prince, but I'm like, why does he care what the prince thinks? Like, clearly he hates him. Does mm-hmm. he really take it that seriously that the prince fired him? Like, for me, I'm just, it doesn't, like, make a lot of sense because, like, the prince is obviously an awful human being. Yeah. And I feel like you only take like insults things like that seriously if you admire someone Mm -hmm. and like there's no reason to admire Humperdinck so yeah I feel like it's an honor thing like yeah I guess he had this high honor in the court for such a long time and he was really well respected and the prince kind of took his honor away from him and took all of his respect away from him by firing him yeah because like if Miracle Max isn't good enough for the prince then he's not going to be good enough for a commoner on the street Mm mm-hmm so. Okay, I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, I we already talked about this. I almost wish we'd gotten a sequel of the three of them. To, <laughs> yeah. Just to see what the hijinks they get into. Mm-hmm. Um, they never explain why Prince Humperdinck wants to go to war. Yeah, which, I don't know. <laughs> which kind of bothers me because I'm just like, well, why? Like, what? What's the point? I'm pretty sure they do in the book, but I don't remember. So <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um, 
I love the burning cloak. I just think it's a great touch. And it gets <laughs> yeah. me every time. Yeah. Um, the first, I remember the first time I watched this movie with my sister. My sister got this as a gift from her boyfriend, now her husband. Mm-hmm. And we watched it together and I fell in love and basically took the DVD from her for a while <laughs> because I loved it so much. I had to watch it like once a week. Uh-huh. And I, um, and I was stunned the first time I watched it when Inigo gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, What? And I yeah, was so it's shocking. It's so shocking. I was so emotional as a little kid. I was just like, no, he was so <laughs> close. And I was so mm-hmm. upset. And it still kind of gets me. Yeah. Um, I find Wesley's speech about the to the pain speech so impressive, considering he's lying down the whole time, mm-hmm. like between the camera angle and his passion behind his words for yeah. an actor to be able to pull that off. Like, incredible. And like actually make it intimidating. Yes. Yeah. To be genuine. Yeah. yeah so good. Uh, I love, it makes me laugh every time when they all just leap out of the window to be caught by Fezzik. <laughs> uh-huh. Gets me every fucking time. Cause like, what? <laughs> I'm, I only want to exit my home like that from now on. Yeah. Just jumping into the arms of, uh, of a giant. Yeah. Just of a gentle giant. It's so good. <laughs> With my dress, my gown flowing around yeah. me in the air. Yeah. She looks so angelic. Just da, she da, does. Da, even the music. The da, 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 <laughs> so good uh i also love the the dread pirate rob roberts tie-in at the end when he's like have you ever considered piracy i just love that little like um finishing that kind of like bow at the end Mm -hmm. of the movie i think is great um i I love how uh, i've already talked about this i love how awkward the grandpa is leaving and (laughs) i just wrote in all caps as you wish crying when the grandpa says it, because it's just so beautiful yeah and the credit sequence makes it seem like a tv movie (laughs) It does. It's so cheesy. So cheesy. Which, like, yeah, that's the perfect way to end the movie. But it is, like, mm-hmm. so cheesy. And um, I was so in the movie, I forgot, like, almost all of the actors' names when writing uh-huh. my notes. Because I literally, <laughs> I t- completely forgot Mandy Patinkin's name. It took me until oh, the credits no. <laughs> to remember his name. Because he's just, for me, he's Inigo Montoya. So it was so mm-hmm. hard to remember. And mm-hmm. then uh, the waving at the end. The fact that the last clip that they use for the credits is... Uh, Carol Kane and oh, Billy Crystal waving yeah. is hysterical because yeah, it's just very appropriate. so it's so appropriate and so funny. And those are my I have some notes. <laughs> um, I'll go through mine pretty quickly because you said a lot of the things that I uh, wrote down. Um, honestly, we had very mm. similar. <laughs> I think we all... I feel like there's not a lot of interpretation to this movie. Yeah, like yeah. you either you either agree on every you just agree on everything. Like either mm-hmm. this was great or this was bad or this was cheesy or this was romantic. Like it's just one of those movies. Yeah, I'll I'll say my highlights though. Um, <laughs> the big thing that I noticed in the beginning is that there are Christmas decorations around the house in the kids' home. Oh really? And it's like snowing outside. So I. Th- like, can I count Princess Bride as a Christmas movie? Is, I, is that what I'm getting? <laughs> I love doing stuff like that. I'm totally calling this a Christmas movie. Okay. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Go watch The Princess Bride. <laughs> yes. Also, um, happy holidays. Celebrate every holiday. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> Celebrate every holiday. There's like seven Santas in the background of their home. So apparently they're really hot on the Santa train. Wait, that's so true. Now I'm remembering the Santa in the background. I totally yeah. didn't catch that. I was just looking at it and like not processing that information. Yeah, that's There's so like true. three of them also. <laughs> There's wow. not just one. I love, do you watch CinemaSins on YouTube? 
Uh, yes, I do. So that's why I created Spicy Hot Takes, because I fucking love cinema sins. And I love when they point out in, like, teen movies how many lamps are in a room. That is <laughs> yes. my favorite part about cinema sins, is how yeah. many lamps are in a room. And this movie, that's why I mentioned, like, his room is decorated to within an inch of its life. Yeah. Because, wow. <laughs> Awful. They were like, Awful. we need to create a little boy that doesn't have a name. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Someone rewatch this movie and let us know how many uh, how many Santas are in the background and then how many decorations there are in the yes. background. Exactly. Um, another thing that I wrote about is I can't remember if I've talked about this already or not. Oh, you're fine. You're good. Um, but I love how uh, there's this idea of the grandpa talking about like passing down this book. Yeah. And how it like you know the the actual book, The Princess Bride, was written in the same way where it's like this is a book that's existed for centuries. We're passing it down through the years, and I really like how. You know, even though obviously this book was written in the 70s, how the movies kind of become that, where it's become this thing that's just passed down through the years, like from like parent to child to parent to child. I just, I really like that, that like art has kind of imitated life. um, Yeah, that's beautiful. Or life has imitated art. Life has imitated art, yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a really good point. Yeah, that just warmed my heart a little bit while watching it. Um, I also talked about how great the chemistry was between yes. <laughs> Wesley and uh, and Buttercup, and how Carrie Ulls like he has this constant smirk on his face. Yes, the smirk. It's so good. Like it just it's it it's charming, but it's also like devilish, and like it makes you kind of believe that nothing he's saying is serious. But then, like in the moments when he does, you know, talk seriously to Buttercup. You, you believe him. Like, he's completely genuine. It's just, it's a good performance. It's, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Um, I wrote, <laughs> Buttercup's depression gives me big Bella and New Moon vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so accurate. <laughs> She's just, like, sitting, staring at the fire, and yeah. I'm like... <laughs> I will never love again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. At least I she mean... doesn't attempt, like... Uh, well, she does attempt suicide eventually. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. She does. Oh, man, Bella. I mean, Bella Swan wishes she was Buttercup. Yes! Yes, that is the best. I know this isn't spicy hot takes, but that's the best spicy hot take (laughs) I've ever heard on this show. Bella. Bella wishes she were Buttercup. She really does. She tries so hard. That's so good. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's going to be the episode title. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, uh, I also talked about the shrieking eels because they also terrified me as a child. Yes. <laughs> um, and I remember closing my eyes, but I hated the sounds they made too. Yes. 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 And like how loud it got when they were like attacking. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't escape the shrieking eels. I would close my eyes, but the sound still scared me. So. See, what's funny is I'm the kind of person, sound upsets me more than watching something. So mm-hmm. I can watch mm-hmm. a scary movie on mute and not be bothered oh. by it at all. But if uh-huh. I only listen to the sound, I'm a fucking wreck. Yeah, though no, that makes sense. Yeah. So like whenever I'm watching, if I watch a scary movie by myself, I always I always mute it in the parts that I get really scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is how I live my life. <laughs> you know what? I I understand that though. <laughs> they sometimes scary movies do too good of a job at um, using the sound and music to scare people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ugh, crazy. Um. I also talked about the music, uh, especially during the chatty duel, because there's like, it's like drum trill that happens when Wesley's like swinging around that branch thing. 
And it's just so cheesy and lame. And then he like lands and it's like, da-da! <laughs> it's so, just, oh, it's so 80s. <laughs> yes, very. Um, another one of my favorite moments in this movie is, which my dad and I always used to make fun of, is how Buttercup just throws herself down the mountain. Yes! <laughs> she doesn't even try running down. She just goes, yeet! <laughs> just like... <laughs> funny to me it really is it's hilarious <laughs> like girl you didn't even try to start try run down that ha- that mountain yeah. you didn't even attempt not at all no she did not <laughs> <laughs> um another thing that i noticed for the first time while watching it through is that wesley says that the previous dread pirate robert's name was ryan <laughs> i love the idea of this evil like fantastical pirate with this crazy reputation and his name is ryan yeah <laughs> in real life yeah. it's like can you imagine like going back to your normal life people calling you ryan again after being the dread pirate roberts and you're just like it doesn't have the same ring to it no i could i can't imagine absolutely not um i talked about humperdick and rugen's Ru- rugen i keep wanting to call him ruben yeah me ruben too sandwich. yeah it's rugen <laughs> yeah rugen, rugen. Um, I talked about their relationship, but we'll get into that shortly. Yes. Um, oh, I noticed this moment between Inigo and Fezzik, which I never understood until this time around when I was watching it. Um, when Inigo's drunk and Fezzik finds him, the way Inigo recognizes Fezzik is, is the he hands? holds his hand up to Fezzik's hand and compares them in size. And that's how he then he goes. Oh, and like looks up his friend, and that's how he recognizes that it's Fezzik. Like, yeah. not from the voice, not from his face, from the <laughs> comparison of their hands. I wrote that down too. I thought that was so cute. I was it's like, so that's, cute. That's adorable. I love them so much. <laughs> um, I wrote a lot. Of, a lot of this is just me like simping over uh, Wesley and then uh, falling in love with Fezzik. That's yeah. most of my notes. Um, I feel that. <laughs> I loved when Fezzik got really excited for Wesley when he, like, moved his finger. Yeah. And then moved his head. He was like, oh, doesn't that excite you? And Wesley's like, no. Yeah, he's like, you think that's supposed to make a little a little thumb wiggle is supposed to make me happy? Hmm? <laughs> the hmm? That gets yeah. me. Gets me every time. <laughs> um, I also mentioned Buttercup falling through the air like an angel. I mean, so, it's beautiful. So ridiculous. It's just beautiful. Um... And then I talked about how stupid the end credits song was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not stick around for the, the ending song, which no. now I have to listen to because I'm so curious to hear how bad it is. Because I did the same thing. I complained about that final credit song for Adam's Family, too. Uh-huh. That MC Hammer song is one of the, is like an assault to the human ear. And <laughs> I was so upset. And I literally like wailed on that episode of just like, uh-huh. who approved that song to be the last moment of the movie? <laughs> Who, I've like, never actually seen Adam's Family, so... I recommend, watch the movie, listen to the episode. It is a okay. fun time. Uh, it is... It's it's one of those movies... It's funny now that I'm, like, reflecting on it. It's one of those movies you can watch once, and then you can look up the clips that you like, but you don't necessarily need to watch the movie again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's definitely, like, a clip movie. It's one of those where, like, if you can find clips on YouTube, you could spend the whole day watching the clips... But the movie, the story structure, the plot line is not the strongest. Yeah, um, that's but, fair. But it's worth it to see Angelica Houston and Raul Julia as Morticia <laughs> Gomez because their dynamic is 
just as good as Wesley and uh, Buttercup, if not better. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And supposedly they were very, like, method while filming, specifically Angelica Houston. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a fun time. Just, yeah, I recommend watching it and, yeah, listen to the podcast. I'm touting my own podcast on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Plug it in where you can. Yep, pretty much. I I have now had to um, finally just succumb to shameless advertising. The thing I always dreaded Mm -hmm. doing as an actor I now have to do for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) 24-7. But, I mean, that's how we survive in this world yeah. of performance and being the product that we need to Yeah, especially with advertise. COVID. Especially with COVID and so few performance things happening. It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to talk about the work that I'm actually doing. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, nothing else happening. Of course mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about my podcast and post about it on Instagram and have, I have, like, my Instagram um, QR code on my phone screen. Oh. And yeah, that's a thing you guys can do. If y'all run a business on Instagram, there's a QR code you can save to your phone. Uh, and I have it as like my my main, my lock screen so that people can just scan it and go straight to the page. That's and, um, brilliant. That's so smart. Yeah. So it's like, I yeah, full shameless advertising. And um, it's, it's all for the sake of the goof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any more? I have some notes. No, that is, that's all my notes. Okay, you, great. You covered a lot of what I was going to say, so. Yeah. Well, okay, well, this is great, because now we can move into spicy hot takes. Ooh, baby. And uh, do you want to, do, should we go back and forth, or do you want to go first this time? Let's go back and forth for sure. Great. Um, do you want to start, or you want me to? Um, you know what? I, I can start, because I, we talked about this a little bit um, already, but it's, it's the whole... I spent a lot of time wondering whether Buttercup was a strong character or not. Yes. And if, like, I could consider her a strong female character. Um, And I went back and forth a lot because I think objectively, from the surface, she's not. Yes. Um, You know, she she relies on Wesley a lot to save her. And, like, you know, when, when she finds out he dies, she kind of becomes really submissive and not proactive in her own life yeah um but you know the more I thought about it like I was kind of thinking about like depression and like what that does to you Mm -hmm. and the fact that like her her sadness and her grief over losing you know in in the movie version the only important person in her life like I can kind of understand that feeling of giving up and that feeling of like kind of losing the will to live yeah so you know, I don't think her lack of, like, being proactive in her own life, I don't know if that's quite, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's a weak thing. I don't, I don't, wouldn't consider it weak because, mm-hmm. like, when she does need to be brave, she is. Like, she's really brave. She, you know, jumps off of the ship um, mm-hmm. to escape the, the trio um, and she even though it's a questionable decision, like, when she uh, tells Humperdinck to sacrifice, like, Wesley, like, for her own, or sacrifice her own happiness for Wesley, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really brave thing also. I think it was, I think she knew what she was giving up by saying, if you, will you protect Wesley if I marry you? I think that's a really brave thing to do. Because she knew what she was giving up, and she was giving up the love of her life, and in order to keep him safe. And that's what she could do in these circumstances as a woman who doesn't know how to sword fight. 
Yeah. I mean, I, the biggest thing, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think the biggest thing with her character is the, it's just inconsistent. Because mm-hmm. she'll make a brave decision in this scene, and then all of a sudden Wesley shows up and she acts totally helpless. Yeah. And then he disappears and she's waiting for him to come save her. And it's like, why don't you just leave the pal- like the castle? Like, that's one mm-hmm. of my spicy hot takes, is I'm like, it looks like nobody's watching her. Yeah. It looks like there aren't that many guards at the castle, actually. Mm-hmm. She could probably, and she knows how to ride a horse. She could just steal a horse and run. And yeah, maybe she's worried about the prince tracking her down but like Mm -hmm. if she knows that wesley's if she knows what his ship is if she knows where it's docked she could at least try like there are things i think she could have done to be more proactive about fighting for herself yeah she even says to humperdick at one point there's nothing you can do to hurt me yeah like girl if there's nothing he can do to hurt you (laughs) get out of there yeah exactly um so i i i think that just her character decisions are a little inconsistent uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Because also she's, like, total pessimist sometimes, like, in the fire swamp, like, we'll never survive, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then she's a total optimist about, like, Wesley will come and save me. And it's uh-huh. just weird. I'm just like, girl, like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, as much as I love her and she has some certain strong moments, um, I wish there was more consistency with her character. Mm-hmm. So I see where you're coming from, totally. I also really like that she held on to hope until the very end, too, and that she held on to, like, her faith in Wesley, because I think it's also a very brave thing to hold on to hope and yeah. to stay optimistic, even in dire circumstances. I think that's a really hard thing to do, especially if, you know, you have, like, Buttercup has, like, gone through this intense grief and this intense sadness. So I do think that's brave. Yeah. Brave of her. Yeah, I agree. Um Speaking about, like, Wesley and Buttercup, my mm-hmm. one of my spicy hot takes is it's not really clear why they fall in love. And yeah. mm-hmm. you don't really get any of their dynamic of, like, what do they talk about? What interests mm-hmm. do they share? You know? And I, I love that they had personal chemistry. You know, they sell the movie. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for their actual chemistry in real life, this movie totally mm-hmm. wouldn't work, I think. I agree. Because there is almost zero setup for why they like each other and why they fall in love. And it frustrated me this time watching it because I was like, oh, I never realized, like, their love is pretty uh, weak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is not any, we don't get, like, yeah. any information, basically, other than she acted like a bitch towards him and then realized he <laughs> loved her and she loved him all of a sudden. It was yeah. like, wait, what? That's Those things do not add up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just, like, I'm glad that they had chemistry. They sold this movie. But in reality, not really a strong couple. <laughs> yeah. I never noticed that, but I completely agree. Yeah. Um, all right. A spicy hot take that we've been hinting at. Yes. Yes, entire, yes, 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 yes. This entire episode. I have an even spicier hot take than this, which I haven't mentioned at all, which I'm excited to talk about. But um, this is, this is uh, my Humperdinck theory, which I think... I think that Humperdinck and Rugen were a couple. Yes! <laughs> yes! 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 I wrote that down. Yeah. I need that to be in the Disney musical. I need to <laughs> I see them is. be a couple. I swear to God, if they don't do that, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. I just, I feel like their behavior towards one another, specifically when they're alone, and the way they interact with one another is just too domestic for it to not have some sort of meaning behind it yeah exactly 
And also the fact that Humperdinck has no interest whatsoever in Buttercup, even though Buttercup is objectively beautiful. Yeah, probably the most beautiful girl in the world. Like, let's go super far. No sexual chemistry. Yeah, I think that's... And he had the fact that he does have chemistry with Rugen, like... Yeah, he he does! He totally does! Yeah. It's just, the pieces add up a little too well for me to not believe that at least one person in this, like, in the creation of this movie considered it and said, I'm gonna put a little hint of this. I 100% agree. That is exactly what I wrote. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, that being said... I don't know quite how I feel about that, to be honest, because I think it's an interesting uh, an interesting take to make the queer-coded character cowardly and, you know, like, ki- like, somewhat feminine and, like, his whole character trait is that he's kind of just like a pussy. Yeah. Like, that, that and the fact that he is queer-coded makes me think that it's, like, kind of a little bit of, like, 80s, like, ha ha ha. I'm going to make fun of gay people. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. So I, you know, I I love the theory, but I also don't really, I'm a little uncomfortable with the theory. But I think there's a way that with, we'll get to this when when we get to should this be remade. I think Mm -hmm. there's a way that they can work with that angle though, and it Mm -hmm. not have to be about their sexuality. Like that it doesn't have to be a euphemism for he's cowardly because he's gay like Uh no 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 two separate concepts he's gay and he's a fucking coward like two different worlds um and i think that with i i mean they have bob martin and rock uh rock rick um (laughs) ellis writing the script for Mm -hmm. the musical and I think with the, I think with them, the right writing team, I think like they could pull it off. I doubt Disney's gonna have a gay couple as villains. Ha, it's yeah, Disney. I know, I know. But, <laughs> but I actually think it would be really progressive of them to have. Like, I think it'd be about time that Disney mm-hmm. has a lead gay character in mm-hmm. in a piece. Yeah. And also, I, you know, I've also heard like I identify as as bi, and mm-hmm. I have heard through my friends in, like, the LGBTQ community that there also needs to be more diversity, mm-hmm. I think, with what the quality of roles, you know? Yeah. It's, like, the same thing as, like, um, as, like, Asian people always being cast as a smart person uh-huh. and or Indians always being cast as a doctor or something. Mm-hmm. It's, like, uh, gay people, like, they talk about how they're, like, not every movie should be about coming out. Like, yeah. we, we oh, have... Oh, yeah. I like, feel that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there I... are more stories to be told. And... I think that could be a really interesting story in that, like, if they mm-hmm. are a couple. And he, literally, he's only using Buttercup to start a war. So it's mm-hmm. it, it's not like it needs to be, like, about him covering up his sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, he just wants to kill her to start a war. Like, <laughs> yeah. I spent this entire movie just, like, wanting more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I think, oh, this is getting into my spiciest hot take. Yeah, can I say it? Yes, please, please. I think if they were, and this is also going into like the remake as well, but if they were to remake this movie, I want to see Wesley as a woman and I want it to be <gasps> a, a lesbian relationship where, or a gay relationship where like Buttercup is this um, femme lesbian and uh, Wesley is this chaotic bisexual. <laughs> that... <laughs> chaotic. <laughs> And they fall in love, and I think it would work really well 
especially if you went in the angle with Humperdinck, um, like actually making him queer, I think that would be really interesting because I think the moment where Humperdinck kills Wesley Mm -hmm. could be like a lot of his rage can come from this place where he's seeing these two women in love while he's personally in love with with the count yeah with the count knowing he could never be with that person it makes him mad knowing that like wesley and buttercup could you know realistically be together and be in love but he can never have that so he like wants to take like he wants to take it away from them because he can't have it himself yeah i'm living for this idea this is great this is it's actually (laughs) funny that i referenced Bly Manor earlier because this is giving uh-huh. me Bly Manor vibes of yeah. of Danny and Jamie mm-hmm. and like they're oh my god yeah this yeah. is yes this is great also like literally any actress would look amazing in Wesley's costume yeah like absolutely amazing in it absolutely so, that's a selfish <laughs> a selfish <laughs> want for me <laughs> well I'm loving all these spicy yeah. hot takes holy shit this is yeah. great I do have some uh, actresses' names. For, please, oh please, for... go go go. Do you want me to wait until we talk about if it should be remade or? Uh, oh yes, actually, yeah, save it, save it. Okay, um, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. That'll be great. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this is oh, this is just a random one. I'm gonna throw away. But like, what's a kissing book? kid is like is this a kissing book i'm like is this mom reading him like smut or something why is he asking what a kissing book is i'm so concerned like romance novels i guess yeah i was like I why Even does this that. like eight-year-old know what a kissing book is <laughs> not good um and then quickly I'll, a couple of things about like wesley not like going away you know to find some mm-hmm. fortune before they get married one he couldn't have found a job nearby like there was no <laughs> other job that didn't have to take him across the sea uh-huh. And then two, he couldn't have sent one fucking letter saying, <laughs> like, hey, how are you, babe? How <laughs> you doing? Okay. It's been two, three years. I miss you. <laughs> like, he couldn't, like, yeah, he didn't know that she thought he was dead, but, like, he couldn't mm-hmm. have sent a letter. When when he became first mate, it's not that hard when you lo- get into port to send a fucking letter. Yeah. I don't understand. Uh, yeah. So, and that's just, like, a pet peeve of mine now when I watch the movie, that it's mm-hmm. so ridiculous that he does nothing to reassure her that he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he really, he he said, I'm not even going to try. Yep. Yeah. Give us nothing. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> Do you have another spicy hot take? Um, no, that's pretty much it. I, oh, the last okay. thing I wrote was, uh, Wesley almost slapping Buttercup was not it. <laughs> <gasps> I wrote that I too. I really didn't like that. <laughs> I, I never, I like, I had noticed that part in the movie before, but this time watching it really upset me. I was yeah. like, wait, what the fuck? That is, that is not okay. I really, and the fact that it's like a threat too, that he's yeah. like, I could do this, but I'm not going to. Like, I don't know. The whole, Wesley's whole persona when he is... The man also, in black is really confusing to also me. Also kind of inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact, I understand that he would be angry, like coming back and finding out that Buttercup didn't wait for him and that like, you know, according to him, like she found the next thing that she could, you know, be in love with, mm-hmm. even though that's obviously not the circumstance. But like, I don't know, his behavior is just very harsh to me and I don't think it's warranted. Yes, exactly. I kind of have a similar note where I wrote like what was his plan Mm -hmm. like when he rescued her like what was his plan like 
it seems like when was he going to reveal that it was him? Like, it doesn't make any yeah. sense, actually. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't like it because I'm just like, you've just been reunited with her. I'd assume you'd take off the mask immediately and be like, uh-huh. ta-da, hello, I just saved you. But instead, yeah. he just keeps holding the grudge against her. Yeah. And, and he's, it's like crying into her life, too. Yeah. And it's weird. And I'm like, uh, this is starting to be like kind of uh, abusive, manipulative, mm-hmm. emotionally emotional relationship. And I'm mm-hmm. not here for it. No, thanks. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, I have a few more spicy hot takes, because I'm just going to list them off. Please do share. I'm just going to list them off. Um, One, I can't believe they didn't tie her up to begin with when she was on the boat. Oh, yeah. Like, hello. (laughs) Also, Uh a lot of open flames for a wooden boat. (laughs) I didn't even notice that. (laughs) They're literally all of the flames aren't encased in glass. They're all, like, open flames. And I'm like, it's a boat. You can't have a lantern that doesn't have glass in it sitting on the deck of the boat. Like, (laughs) yeah, I have problems with that. Um, Also, how did Wesley find her being kidnapped? I have no idea. I was thinking about that this time, too. Yeah. Extreme plot hole. I don't know. Extreme plot hole, which kind of bothers me, but I'm also like, ah, fuck it. It's a it's a fantasy (laughs) movie. Who cares? Yeah, don't think too hard about it. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it... It took Inigo's father a year to make a sword. Like it's I, a it's a beautiful sword, but yeah, definitely if I doesn't knew take about a year. More about swordsmithing, blacksmithing. I don't know <laughs> what the word is. <laughs> Whatever you do to create swords. <laughs> yeah. Um. Definitely. Uh, I'm assuming definitely doesn't take a year. No, I wouldn't. I would think not. Yeah. Um. Wesley was not very good in the scene against Fezzik. Like one. He could have been killed very easily, uh-huh. and he seems much smarter than that. Uh-huh. Uh, and two, he also should be better at fighting. Like, yeah, sure, he's a giant, but also you've probably fought, like, you're not that big yourself. You've probably mm-hmm. fought bigger guys than you. Mm-hmm. You should, like, him just running at Fezzik was so pointless. I was like, I don't think Wesley's that <laughs> dumb. He at least he's not dumb for the rest of the movie. So why is he dumb right now? Again, but it inconsistency. Was funny. It's funny. It's just inconsistent. I'm like, come uh-huh. on, guys. Um. I'm, it doesn't really make any sense why Vicini switches the goblets. I don't know. Yeah, that's very true. Um, because I was watching it the second time and I was really trying hard to, like, logic, like, find the logic in that. And I, I didn't get his logic. Yeah, it, it doesn't, like, yeah, sure, maybe he thinks it's funny that, like, Wesley's gonna die with a funny expression on his face, like, oh no, but, like, it's just weird, it's like, that was kind of unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially because it didn't seem like he was sure of which, like, poison the goblet was in. Yeah, exactly, so, like, why, what? Which, go- which goblet the poison was in? <laughs> yeah. I switched that around. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, why, okay, yes, he's been dead, well, she thinks he's been dead for, like, what, two, three years? why doesn't she recognize his voice exactly or his eyes she talks so much about his eyes why didn't she recognize that yeah it just makes me think that like they their love is very shallow Uh because like how do you not recognize the love of your life's voice like if my boyfriend just disappeared for three years i would recognize him in a heartbeat so i don't know like whatever um it's the mustache she got clark kented she couldn't yeah. see past the little tiny mustache and the mask too it's like and the mask who, who could that be yeah <laughs> crazy um it, it took her one phrase to figure out it was him so if he, i know yeah so what, what like if he when the first time he shows up if he had said as you wish she would have been like oh, wesley like what what 
Mm-hmm. What? Or, if anybody had said that phrase to her, would she be like, Wesley? Even yes. Even if it's like some random person? Yeah. It makes no sense how she could understand him falling down a hill. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, whatever. Funny, but whatever. <laughs> um, I wrote, you know, I, I mentioned like, did he kill anybody when he was a pirate? And then it kind of mm-hmm. like seems like he probably did. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So he does kind of have like questionable morals maybe, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, ooh, um, maybe not the best, uh, like a uh, mentor or like the best yeah. like person to look up to. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is uh this is not really a spicy hot take, but like in the fire swamp when he saves her like a like three times in a row, mm-hmm. the last time he kind of like rolls his eyes a little bit and I'm like do what uh, do you want to save her? Like it seems like you don't. Like you seem kind of annoyed by her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weird. Which, I mean, I guess fair if, like, the person I was walking through a forest with, like, almost died three times in a row. But It would be pretty exhausting. Yeah. yeah and I had to save them all three times. <laughs> but still. Yeah. Um, my next thing is, like, why? Yes. Okay. This question I'm going to ans- gonna answer as I say it. Mm-hmm. But why does the prince tell that one guard about the murder plot against her? Like, I have no idea. My assumption is he's trying mm-hmm. to spread a rumor that she's going to be killed by Gilder. Yeah. So that that way they already have it, like, set up. But yeah. it seems more suspicious to me that he's the only one who would know mm-hmm. that there's a murder plot and then magically she's murdered in their bedroom that night. And it's also confusing to me that he has all of the criminals in the forest put in prison. Because if there's no criminals anywhere who are they gonna blame it on yeah like i guess he's trying to make himself look like the good guy but i feel like he just way overdoes it yeah i feel like it it kind of like if she did end up dead the next day i feel like that'd be really sus to be like well there's no criminals in the forest right now and it's your castle's guarded by 50 men so it must have been an inside job yeah yeah i don't know well humper dink's cute but he's not necessarily the smartest so yeah um and then this was just now it's more like topical watching it as an adult. Like the brute squad is uh, practically like a euphemism for police brutality. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, Oop, there it is. Um, there's no way anyone could swallow that pill. <laughs> He'd choke and die again. <laughs> yeah. Like he's dead. You can't swallow when you're dead. Uh-huh. Like he just, yeah, that that was ridiculous. Um, okay realistically the count probably would have gotten away from inigo when that door got locked mm-hmm. he would have made it he would have gotten away like he literally mm-hmm. had maybe like mm-hmm. a minute's worth of head start mm-hmm. well especially because he knows the castle too yeah exactly so and like, inigo doesn't exactly so spicy hot take he totally would have gotten yeah. away um how did wesley find the honeymoon suite I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> Spicy hot takes. Why the fuck? Spicy hot take. <laughs> yep. Um, how does she not see him lying in bed? <laughs> All good questions. She, she's just like she's just ready to go with that with that dagger. She's just like, yeah, let's Juliet this shit. Yeah. And it's just like, girl, take two seconds to just look to your right. Look to your right. Like it's ridiculous. Um and then oh, I already said this earlier, uh, the fight scene between Inigo and the Count is arguably the best scene in the movie to me. Mm-hmm. And especially because we picked him for best all around. I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, duh. He wins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This is a real spicy hot take for me. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> the prince kind of gets what he wants in the end. Yeah. 
Like, Humperdinck, uh-huh. all he was going to do was kill her and then blame Gilder for it. They've just escaped. He can blame Gilder for kidnapping her. That's so true. And, like, they, he can start a war. Like, they don't need a body to prove it. He can start yeah. a war without without evidence. Like, yeah. he could t- he could do, like, a pull a Troy, Helen of Troy, and, uh-huh. and just say, like, no, we need to go after them. Like, he kind of gets what he wants, and I'm kind of, I get mm-hmm. really disappointed every time I watch the movie that they don't kill him. I, you know what? I was just about to say, like, my spicy hot take to throw into that mix is that I'm mad they didn't kill Humperdinck. I'm kind yeah. of, I, I think he, not that he deserved to die, but I think it would have It's better punishment warranted. than just leaving him there. He's still gonna uh-huh. get to be king. Like, live yeah. with your cowardice. He seems the type to not really give a shit. I don't think he cares. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna get over it pretty fast. So, yeah, it's just disappointing. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not the way to end it. Like, yeah. but I guess we were only allowed one death in this kid's movie. <laughs> and it was Bazzini. Oh. oh, oh, I was thinking the count. <laughs> oh, the count. Oh, my God. We yeah. were allowed two deaths, but three would have been quite too much, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I also wrote, Fezzik could not be carried by a horse. <laughs> I didn't think about that. He is yeah. the weight of a horse. He could not yeah. be carried off by a horse. That poor horse. Yep, pretty much. And those are my spicy hot takes. Ooh, they were so spicy. Oh, thank you. Yours were too. I'm so excited. Um, So now we move on to the final ironic question of the podcast, which is, should this be remade? Um, Mm -hmm. Which, quickly mentioning, so there was a miniseries that they made, like, this summer for COVID. That was, like, was it charity? Was it for charity? It was for charity, yeah. It was on the site... uh, Quibi, I think. Oh, when it died, what yeah. It's called. Yeah, before before it before died, it fully tanked. Yep. Um, and it was all for charity, and every single actor and creator who uh, contributed to it did it completely for free, which I think is really lovely. And they did it to support people who um, are struggling during COVID with uh, accessing food. Oh, okay. Um, so, you did know, you watch like, it? My... I did not. Yeah, I <laughs> no. didn't watch it either. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't think it's quite my t- cup of tea, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I, you know, wrote down in my notes about whether or not it should be remade is I think it cap, it did a good job of capturing the energy of the original Princess Bride in that it's like goofy and cheesy and not meant to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate because, you know, when I was initially considering this question, I was initially like, no, I don't want to see this remade. Like, I love this movie too much. But I think, honestly, if they were to remake this movie, I think if they did it with the right creators and director and crew and actors, I think it could be successful because I think you just have to make sure you don't take yourself too seriously. And yeah. you don't, like, try and make the ROUSs look realistic or... Yes, exactly. You know, I think it's. I think it would be a very uh, delicate process. Yeah. But I think it is achievable. Um, and if they do make a remake of it, my request is that they make it gay. Yes, which well, you know, there is the Disney musicals gonna. Disney Theatricals owns the rights to it now, and they're making a musical yes. out of it. So, yeah. uh, for those of you curious, David Yazbek is going to be the composer lyricist, is the composer lyricist on the project, and Bob Martin and Rick Ellis are the writers on it. And the best article I could find, um, uh, David Yazbek did an interview about the process uh, in January of this year. Remember when it was January 2020? (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, I know, right? And um, I read an article recently, or I was reading one of my magazines, and it mentioned how the impeachment was in January this year. And I was like, 
wait what uh, <laughs> i literally couldn't remember that uh no i don't believe that <laughs> yeah no it was it was january 2020 was when the impeachment thing happened and i'm like That's holy wild. shit um and so he talked about how they've already done a reading at least a try like a first reading and it went oh, wow really, yeah and it went really well apparently and they're really excited mm-hmm. about it i don't know anybody attached to the project other than those three people mm-hmm. and that disney owns it but i'm interested to see what they do with it um I'm a little concerned that a musical is going to make it too cheesy or I'm worried two things. One, it'll either make it too cheesy and Mm -hmm. try. Well, actually, no, specifically. Okay, Lauren, gather your thoughts. This is what (laughs) I'm worried they will do wrong is that they will make it cheesy by leaning into it too hard, by Uh trying too hard. Yeah. And that I agree. The genuine chemistry of all the characters and the relationships between the characters and the humor and everything is going to be pushed too hard because sometimes musical theater just like tries too Mm -hmm. hard. And Mm -hmm. I think the best thing they could possibly do is if they create like Spamalot with Drowsy Chaperone. (laughs) Combine the concept. I love that idea. If you get those two shows together, which they have Bob Mm -hmm. Martin. They can mm-hmm. do it. Like, if you get those two shows together, yeah, I think it'll be a beautiful Princess Bride production. Yeah. My other worry with a musical slash, like, any stage production of it is I think part of the magic of Princess Bride is that it really transports you into the world. And I think a lot of that has to do with the setting and the... um. The fact that, like, they're in these, like, fantastical sets. There's, like, the fire swamp and the, you know, when they're on the ocean, on the boat, mm-hmm. and the cliffs of insanity, and um, in the castles and stuff like that. And, you know, not that I don't trust Disney to, like, work their Disney magic. I think my fear, though, is that they're going to work their magic uh, in the form of projections. Which, oh, um, no. <laughs> I fucking hate projections on stage. I hate them so much. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I'm sure my set, my fellow, my fellow, I'm not a set decorator. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was great. (laughs) I'm sure um, any set designers and set decorators out there would probably agree that like projections kind of are the death of creativity in regards to um, creating like interactive and, uh, fantastical sets for musical theater yeah for musical and, theater specific i mean i feel like yeah. it, it takes the right show like i was the assistant director on a production of of um uh next normal that used mm-hmm. projections which i thought was perfect for the show yeah I because agree. considering like the electrotherapy electroshock mm-hmm. therapy and the uh kind of like fake veneer of it you know where mm-hmm. like you can look at a screen and think it's real but it's ultimately a screen and it's not yeah. real I think was like a nice touch. So for the right musical, it works. But something like Princess Bride that needs to be like flesh and bone. Mm -hmm. It's not. Yeah. Because I saw Frozen on Broadway. Oh, yes, um, me too. 2018. And I, one of the things I really did not like about Frozen on Broadway is that so much of the magic was just projections. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that feels lazy to me. And I don't want to watch like a musical version of The Princess Bride where the fire swamp is like two tendrils of vines sticking out from stage right and stage left and then a projections of a, a swamp behind them i totally agree with this yeah you know <laughs> like that'll make me really mad i either want like full sets like go all the way in mm-hmm. 
Or I want like a, which Disney produced this, I want a Peter and the Starcatcher vibe. Yes. Of true, honest to God, bare bones. Uh-huh. I think could look awesome for this show. That could be really cool. Because what was great about Peter and the Starcatcher was as funny as it is, it also really hits home when it needs to. Mm-hmm. And, and since Disney like has that formula now, which I believe, wait, I have to look this up. I think Rick Ellis worked, wrote the script for that um the adaptation which was also oh, adapted in the star catchers yeah um yeah wait but play by rick ellis yes exact okay, okay. yes <laughs> yeah. they can do this okay if they like serious so now now i'm like determined if they just uh-huh. pull drowsy chaperone like the sets of drowsy chaperone mm-hmm. With the script formation of Peter and the Starcatcher, with mm-hmm. the humor and musical stylings of Spamalot, I think it could be so fucking good. I, I have hope. <laughs> I'm hesitant, but I have hope. Um, and you know, maybe they'll even get kind of kind of spicy and cast um a woman as Wesley. <laughs> I wish. I wish they would do something creative. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast and say, you know what. Lauren and McKenna are onto something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine? It's funny because um I had that problem with like sleepover. I started to suggest mm-hmm. a movie that my guest Renee was just like, wait, like somebody's gonna take that. That's a good idea. And I was like, ah, intellectual property, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Disney theatricals hit us up. Oh well, this is what Jacob and I talked about on my mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus episode too. We talk about mm-hmm. the Ho- a Hocus Pocus musical and mm-hmm. suggest some ideas. So Disney theatricals, fucking hit me up. I got y'all. Yeah, we're ready for you. Oh yeah, we're so fucking ready. Um, also, if they do make a remake of the Princess Bride in a movie form, I have a few names. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Throw yes. Throw it out. Go. 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 Okay. So one. Oh, this was my one of my spicy hot takes. I forgot to mention it. But um, one thing that the original Princess Bride has that I think is a little, it kind of like, it's not great, is how there's no diversity whatsoever in the cast. Yes, yes, um, yes. So I think if they were to do like a remake of The Princess Bride, I would want like a crazy diverse cast. Oh, like, yes. Crazy, crazy diverse. Like I want people of all... Um, gender identities, all races, all religions, like everything. Like I just want, I want it to be like Cinderella, the Brandy version. Yes, where like race was not a factor. It just keep like little black girls could look at Brandy and be like, oh, I can be Mm -hmm. a princess. Like, or uh, Asian kids can look at the prince and think I can be a prince. Like that's, it fucking matters. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. And like, we need better, like we need people who understand like actual hardship Mm -hmm. and white people don't really get that. Like, yeah, like, yeah, sure. If you're maybe like uh, in like a lower class or something, you don't like you're in a poorer town or whatever, but like realistically, you're still like, it's not like the police are going to stare at you thinking, oh, they're going to rob something because they're black. Like it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, we, yeah, we mean, we just need people who actually understand adversity and yeah. pain and, and yeah. I also think it's like, I think about all the fantasy movies from my childhood and there's not really a lot of opportunity for people of color to be portrayed as the princess, as the uh, pirate, as the swashbuckler, as the, um, uh, you know, the strength, the brawn or the wit. Yeah. Like, I think it would be really interesting to have like a really diverse cast allowing actors to explore these like fantastical roles that are typically reserved for white actors. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I think about, I even think about, like, that's part of the reason that um, sometimes I find, I'm finding, like, personal conflict with this podcast is the movies my guests and I have been picking for these episodes, I realize out of, like, what, the five episodes I've released so far, mm-hmm. there is only, out of the five I've released, only one person of color is in any of the movies. Oh, wow. One out of five movies. Mm-hmm. And, um... In the upcoming movies I have coming out, this one and, uh, well, High School Musical will have come out before this episode. High School Musical only has uh, three? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of, so by the time our episode comes out, seven movies and only four people of color. Oh, well, I guess if you include the High School Musical principal, but he's barely in the movie. <laughs> like what? Like, yeah, like four, four or five people of color in seven movies. Yeah, that's that's not great. <laughs> yeah, and that was only some of most, some of these movies only came out like less than fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Which yeah, is the way casting was for such a long time. With such a long time, yeah. and we're all tired of it. Mm-hmm. Like there is no, there was never a reason for it, and there's still not a reason for it. Yeah. So that being said, <laughs> here are my choices. This is specifically for Buttercup and Wesley. Sweet. But if you have any ideas for, like, any of the other cast, like, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think preferably I would love to see a new talent in either Buttercup or, Buttercup or Wesley in the same way that... Um, this movie introduced Robin Wright. Introduced Robin Wright. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the idea of Wesley being the new introduction just because... I think it would be really cool to either have, like, a non-binary actor play uh, Wesley or, like, a genderqueer actor. I think that would be very intriguing. Yeah, that's Um, great. But the inspiration roles that I... The inspiration actresses that I came up with um, for Buttercup, uh, I love the idea of Kiersey Clements playing Buttercup, which you probably know her from. She's in Dope. She was in Neighbors 2 and Antebellum. Oh, I haven't seen I haven't seen her work. Um, did what you was watch the name Lady again? and the Tramp? Uh, no, the the li- like the live action. The live one? action? No, I didn't. Um, she played uh the mother in Lady and the Tramp. Um, her name is Kiersey Clemens. Oh, she played Joanne in Rent Live. If that's helpful. I also did not <laughs> watch that. Okay, I'm looking that's at a picture. Okay. Wait, I do recognize her, but I, yeah. I've seen her in something else. Um, that's that's really cool. Yeah, so she was one of my choices. I also wrote China Ann McLean, um, which... <laughs> oh, yes, I love her. Yeah, oh my God, she's yeah. amazing. She's super amazing. And I only chose actresses who are um, queer as well. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Which I believe China Ann McLean is queer. I'm pretty sure she's playing uh, a lesbian character right now on a TV show. That name is escaping me right now. Um, and I also put Amanda Stenberg. Oh, I, I think love I'm her. her. Name wrong. No. I, yeah. 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 So those are my top three choices for Buttercup. <laughs> awesome. Do you have any? Yeah. Did you have any choices for Wesley or no? I did. I, they were more like inspiration choices because, again, like I, w- I would love to see someone new come out onto the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two people that I chose were Tessa Thompson or Evan Rachel Wood. Okay, I specifically thought of Tessa Thompson too, mm-hmm. and I love the idea of like Tessa Thompson. I, I, I like your um, non-binary or gender queer um, mm-hmm. idea too. So like, uh, obviously, this is just a suggestion. I love the idea of like a Tessa Thompson Zendaya team up. Um, oh, like Zendaya as as Buttercup. Buttercup. 
Oh, interesting. I think she would bring such a strength and gravitas to her that -hmm. would make it so much clearer that, like, yes, she's in love, but also she can defend herself. Yeah. And I really like the idea of doing a remake for that one reason, to, like, give Buttercup a little bit more to fight for. Yeah, and and fix some of Wesley's, like, little issues that we talked about of, like, <laughs> his that. weird misogyny sometimes that's just mm-hmm. like, what? What just happened? Um, yeah, I love this whole concept. This is – the those are all great suggestions. And, <laughs> man, I hope they do that with the musical. I really do. I hope so. I really hope so. I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, especially since Disney did go that direction with Frozen the musical. They – um very much like cast simply by talent um yeah. which i really did appreciate because when i saw it on broadway uh um it was i can't remember oh gosh i'm a bad musical theater major i can't remember the name of the girl who's playing uh who's playing Patty. Elsa. oh um oh no i knew her name <laughs> i just had it in my head god damn it lauren oopsie well i saw her and she's a white woman um, and then I saw um, Casey Levy. Casey Levy. 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 Yeah. Eh. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I saw uh, Patty Murin's understudy oh, or cool. stand in at the time. I saw her opening night. Like it was her first time on. And it was really beautiful and really sweet. But she was a young African American woman. Cool. And, uh, you know, obviously they, they didn't talk about it at all. They just were like, yes, this is Princess Anna. Period. Yeah. Which, Which is, I, like, the point. Like, that's what you should always do. Mm-hmm. Like, all these Hollywood, Broadway, everybody. It's like, yeah. that's what was so great about Great Comet, was they never commented on race. Yeah. So I really hope they do, you know, since they did go that direction with Frozen, I hope they go that direction again with the with the Princess Bride musical that is inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. Oh, I hope it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be so sad if it isn't. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Um, well, I think that's everything. Uh, <laughs> what is this, like three and a half hours later? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. I think we can keep going. Let's <laughs> go for two more hours. <laughs> Let's keep it up. Yeah, this is just one of those movies that there's so much to dissect. Mm-hmm. There's so much to discuss. And the idea of, like, a, a remake is, is uh, I think, actually kind of exciting with this. Yeah. As long as it's gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I totally support that idea. I love it. Um. Well, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much, McKenna, for coming on the show. This was Thank you. so exciting to have you. Oh, <laughs> my God. Thanks for talk for three hours. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I'm happy to, like, have somebody to totally geek out with for this long about this movie. Like, this is <laughs> this is everything I could have dreamed of. And um, I hope uh, – thank you all for listening. I hope you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just like, oh, shoot. How many people did we lose? Um, I hope you're all still here listening. I hope you all uh, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to the podcast. Um, I hope you check out the Instagram account at Please Don't Remake This. I hope you check out McKenna Batterson's uh, articles on the Chicago Film Scene website. Yes, I will be releasing an article on Princess Bride uh, based on our conversation. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, it'll be fully inspired by Miss Lauren Mosier. So <laughs> everybody go check it out. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening, you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>